unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. And please welcome Christopher Roush. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the misfits for life of the kick-ass nation. Hi, I'm Christopher Roush, and welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show, where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Just like it says in the intro, I stick to that. I stick to that. And I'm excited to be here tonight. We are live here at the Raw and Unscripted Show. So I appreciate you guys, whether you're here live or on the replay. One of the things that we love about this show is the fact that we get to engage with you live. So feel free to ask us questions as we're going through tonight's broadcast. Feel free to engage with us in the comment section. Again, whether it's live or on the replay, myself and my guests will come back and we'll answer those questions in the chat. So rest assured, this is a conversation with all of us. And I always tell my guests, this is like a conversation with me and you sitting in a bar, sitting in a coffee shop, and all of you guys out there in viewer land and listener land on the podcast, you guys are kind of overhearing this. So you're kind of like going, what's, what are they guys talking about? You know, they're, they're talking about stuff that really like sounds like it could be, you know, moving and shaking in my brain that caused me to make different decisions and choices about my life that might result in different outcomes, increase my confidence. Oh my God, really? Can I listen to this? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. So thank you guys for being here. I appreciate you so, so much. And uh, yeah, it's been a busy week for me. Um, and uh, you know, you guys know that before the the last week, last show, I was promoting the fact that I would be in Chicago this last week at uh, the Power We Symposium 2022. And I went there and thank you guys for all the support and all the, the comments on the videos and everything else. Um, I just really appreciate it. It was definitely uh, worth the investment of going out there because we had an opportunity to meet so many awesome people like this guy. I got a chance to meet this guy right here. As a matter of fact, I'll show a picture of me and Chris. I got to meet probably about six or seven people that I've known online through different uh, communications, different avenues. I got to see them all in person and it was just a great impactful event. You know, it was all for the inner city kids of Chicago. We spoke to them. We had entertainment. We poured into these kids and gave them seeds and gave them opportunities to really walk away, you know, inspired and to know that a lot of us, a lot of the speakers that were there sharing our stories have been through a lot of what they are going through right now. So it wasn't a fact of somebody just speaking on a stage and speaking down to these kids and saying, you can do this. These were actual people who had been former drug dealers and had been in jail and had, you know, been on food stamps and block cheese and all sorts of stuff. I heard so many different stories and amazing speakers. And, you know, I was honored to be there as well as uh, the MC for the pay-per-view at home uh, uh, edition of it. So this was the first time because of COVID and people, you know, still not being uh, confident and traveling for them to participate in the show as well. So we had them viewing uh, in the audience uh, from home and I was like the MC, so it was pretty cool. But I wanna show you something because uh, I know some of you guys don't follow me on TikTok and TikTok, TikTok. I was just playing with my son and we were talking about tops. So I wanna share this with you guys for just a second. This is a TikTok video I did that just kind of gives an idea about the event and the, uh, the event itself. Hey, what's up, Kick-Ass Nation? It's Christopher Roush, your No Excuses Coach, here at the Power We Symposium in Chicago, Illinois. Check it out, ladies and gentlemen. We are here today, Power We 2022, to bring light, entertainment, and inspiration to the kids of Chicago, the inner city, the roughest neighborhoods. We're out here today bringing inspiration, musical guests, and a bunch of impact. So my thing to you guys is to make sure that you're impacting your neighborhoods, your communities, your kids, and your life, because the kids need us now more than ever. Remember when you were a kid, you needed somebody? You could be a big 
big brother, you could be a big sister, you could do something. You could impact the world. I'm here emceeing this amazing event. I'm so honored to be doing this, a pay-per-view event. So thank you very much for being my fans, my family. Go out there and rock it and be kick-ass. Cheers. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The Power We Symposium 2022 will be back next year, 2023. And I invite you to come there in person and experience this event. It's crazy. Uh, like I said, amazing speakers, entertainment and whatnot. And like I said before, I was going to show you, uh, I got to meet this individual right here. So let me just do this, this is a little impromptu. So bear with me for a second. This is raw and unscripted. So, um, so let's see what we can do. So this is, this is my brother, Christopher. Christopher, what's up? Let me see if I can make this a little bit bigger. So that is Christopher and me, me and Christopher Kaysen, um, right there. And uh, such an awesome gentleman. He's here right here uh, in the chat section. Uh, we had a chance to meet. He drove all the way from Utah out to Chicago to be here. So that was super awesome. And we appreciate that. And uh, here was a, here's another couple of pictures. I'll just show you real quick since it's already up. Kind of hard to see here on the screen, but uh, that's me rocking it in one of the, one of the cool chairs that we had. Um, yeah, we had a great time. Got to meet a lot of people. Here's a picture of the auditorium where the kids were filing into. And, you know, just super, super powerful. For me, I got to meet a lot of amazing people. You know, I got to meet some kick-ass people out there rocking their freak flag. Uh, that's Dominique right there. She's going to be on the show here pretty soon. She's got an amazing story. I'm going to be on her show as well. Um, this is Todd Special. He had an amazing story talking about, you know, living in a room with uh, as a drug dealer and drug addict and all this different stuff, you know, with the windows all blocked out. Just an amazing story. Um, I took my uh, bracelets there, my unstoppable bracelets. I have not yet to put these for sale, but we have the unstoppable no excuses bracelets. So I gave those out to some people as like just little awesome gifts just to say thank you much for uh, for being there. So I took some pictures of that and, uh, you know, just a really crazy time. It was uh, we had an opportunity to go out. This is myself and the uh, the creator, the founder, Lauren Michaels Harris. Um, that's us outside in the, in the after the hotel the next day, uh, just catching up. You know, just an amazing experience, and uh, got a chance to go out there in Chicago and meet my brother Edwin Moreno. Uh, he and I were in a men's group, so he drove down to Chicago, um, and uh, we had a great lunch. So yeah, it was just a really super powerful you know opportunity to get out there and to you know, really just have a great time, you know, and, and I say, I share this with you not to brag or anything else, but to just in, inspire you to go out there to do what you can do with what you've got. The world is hurting right now. The world is hurting right now. I'm talking to so many people that are really just down and depressed. They watch the news, they're following politics and they're just down. They're trying to figure out what's going on with the world climate and everything else. So the best thing that I know what to do when I'm down is to go out there and volunteer my time to go out there and connect with people who don't have as much as I do, because it reminds me just how blessed I truly am. And that's the same for you. So um, I appreciate all the support. And uh, it was absolutely a, a great, great opportunity to connect with so many people. And uh, just appreciate you guys. We got Darlene in the house. She says, hello. We got Robert was in the, in the house. He says, good evening, Christopher and Darlene and Christopher. Um, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, we got Megan Watson's in the house. What's up, Megan? Appreciate you being here. And uh, uh, yeah, Megan says fun. Absolutely. Hi, we got to get you on the show, Megan. Let me know. What's up? We got Aaron in the house. What's up? She says, hey, hey, Christopher. So tonight we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about exactly what I just talked about. Essentially, just unfucking ourselves, getting ourselves out of the perspective mindset of victim, of warrior, instead of we want to be a warrior, not a warrior. Um, and so my guest tonight is the amazing Renata Matsu. Renata, Renata welcome to the uh, Ron and Scripted Show. How are you doing? Hey, Christopher. I'm good. Thank you for having me here. 
I love it. I love it. And just to let you guys know at the viewing audience, I met Renata uh, on Clubhouse. You guys know I talk about Clubhouse quite a bit and just an amazing speaker, uh, really caring, kind, uh, considerate, educated, passionate about pouring into people who are struggling. So I said, you got to be on the show and share your brilliance with my viewing staff and my listening staff, because there's opportunities here for us in this conversation tonight to move people's perspectives and to kind of unfuck them. So welcome to the show. I appreciate you being here. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Oh, by the way, we actually met on Facebook a while back. So Clubhouse was a reconnecting point. So yeah. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you for that clarification. Yeah, yeah. About me. Yes, well, yes. Um, You're the best expert on yourself, so I feel like you should introduce yourself. See, the thing is, I consider myself the mind architect because it all starts in there. What's coming out like from the thoughts it's gonna come out into the mouth. It's like whatever we absorb from the outside, we're gonna spread into the world, whether it's through behaviors, through conversations, through words. So my job is to make sure that foundational stuff is set in stone and it's strong and it's powerful. So we actually create lives that we want. I am a former business strategist, but Recently, a few years ago, I started moving and shifting into the foundational stuff because I noticed a lot of people don't have their crap together, including <laughs> for many years. So that's what I do now, giving, getting them like crap together. Yes. Awesome. So talk to us about your story and when you had to get your crap together. Oh, we're diving oh. deep, huh? Hey, right off the deep end, baby. Let's go. It's Ron and scripted. Well, okay. Ron and scripted. Look, I mean, I, there were moments in time where I literally hit the rock bottom. Yeah. And I remember a while back, I don't know, I don't know if I shared that with you or not, but a while back, like probably like 12, 13 years ago, I was sitting with my daughter at the doctor's office and suddenly I'm like, I cannot hold myself together. She's like six months old and the doctor just asked like, how are you doing? How's everyone doing? And I just like let it so at that moment was like there's something wrong here there is something off there because it, i shouldn't be reacting this way i shouldn't be like sobbing there and feeling like the worst person in the world because right. i had i was in the travel industry for 15 years i had the great job with the state of government i was i had my real estate business but nothing seemed to make me want to do more or feel good about me most of my life, I was looking like, what's wrong with me? Right. What's wrong with Renata and how to fix me? And after a many years of exploring and trying things and reading books, trust me, there was a time, there was a moment in time when I was spending $500 in Barnes & Noble wow. to read books because I was traveling. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to read the books. Um, but eventually I found there's nothing wrong with me. Nothing wrong with neither, like with anyone. Mm -hmm. What's wrong is that foundation. What's wrong is those beliefs, that crap that we gather unintentionally, that crap that people tell us, okay, you're, you cannot make that. You can't, I remember like one of my um, friends back in college, she said, oh, you're not going to ever make this amount of money. I'm like, really? I'm going <laughs> to prove you wrong and take pictures. Things. Yeah. All those things is like, we absorb like sponges, especially like when, when children growing up. So yeah, it's been an interesting journey, but now it's like, I'm 
giving myself to the world is like, I want to get your crap together and help you do that. So I had my own share and you don't need to go through the stuff that I went through, but there's an easier way, but you need to be willing. You need to be ready and open and willing to do stuff. Oh, yes, yes. You got to be aware. You got to be aware. You got to uh, accept where it is that you're at and accept responsibility, then you got to take action. So I want to go backwards for a minute because I know we've had these conversations on Clubhouse mm -hmm. and thinking about the conditioning process that we go through from the ages of zero to five, zero to seven, depending on what studies you read. Talk to us about the conditioning process from your perspective as a kid, looking back on your life and thinking about those moments where you were going through that darkest, you know, dark night of the soul, that, that rock bottom. When you look back on your childhood, can you see places in your conditioning process where you can see where some of those root beliefs were, were centered? And talk to us about the conditioning process for the viewing audience. Okay, look, uh, if you don't hear accident, I do have an accent, okay? It's just so, a little bit. It's from Texas, right? From Texas? <laughs> yeah, Texas, like 5,000 miles away. Um, but I'm from Europe originally, okay? So we have a little bit of a different culture there. And I'm not saying it's bad, but we're more like reserved people. Uh, so what happens is when you grow up there, a lot of times you're not encouraged to express emotions yeah and you're supposed to show the good face out there and keep your dirty laundry inside and in the house so what happens then is like okay so i'm going out into the world and i'm not able to express myself or i'm not able to express myself fully i have to put my mask on i have to show everyone a different face so people basically don't know who the heck i am and if I'm limiting myself there, so now like 30, 40, 50 years later, how in the world am I going to show up for the business, for clients, even in jobs, mm -hmm. even in relationships? It's like we're carrying the mask all the way. Yeah. So no one actually probably said you cannot express emotions, but the moment when you cry and people say, don't cry. It's not supposed to be like that. Or yeah. your boy, you're not supposed to cry because you have to be strong, mm -hmm. right? Be like a man, yeah. all that stereotypical bullshit, right? Too, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So especially like men, I'm not discounting women. We all need, but what I notice, men are like more susceptible to the conditioning like years later. It's like, maybe yeah. it's, well, it's not the right word, but it's like you're experiencing it more. Because then you're like married, you're in relationships, and suddenly a, a woman is like, why are you not saying how you feel to me? Why are you holding those emotions down? Yeah. Tell me, tell me, is this true or what? I'm supposed to be the man. I'm supposed to like protect you and not show emotions and be yeah. strong and all that other John Wayne shit. Yeah, and sometimes, okay, so if the mom doesn't give a hug, sometimes it's like, as a child, you don't get that maybe she's cooking dinner or doing something. But sometimes a strong word like leave me alone or um, I don't have time for you, we translate that into, oh, she's the closest person to me. So if she does not even have time to hug me or say I love you, or you probably have never heard that word from the mouth of mom or dad before, mm -hmm. that means like they don't love me. I know as an adult, it doesn't make sense, but as a child, it's like, I must be unlovable because if she or he loved me, they wouldn't act this way. Yeah. And then a lot of stuff happening at school, kids playing, like laughing at the playground. Okay. So 
what do we think about ourselves? Okay, so they laugh at us. So what happens then is like, oh, they would not have laughed if there was nothing wrong with me. So there must be something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And we carry this throughout the life. And we feel like it's like a lot of people think like, oh, it's life only. But no, it, it's going to translate into business, going to translate into work environment, relationships. It's Everything. going through all the aspects. Everything. So it's an interesting mm -hmm. journey that we have. Yes. No, thank you for sharing that because that's what I want people to understand that I talk about that a lot in clubhouse. Obviously you've been in the men's group room that we do on Wednesday nights. Um, and I just want to just want to do a shout out here for a second. We got Laurel's. I was just, uh, Lauren, I was just talking about power. We at the beginning of the show. So you got to go back and see it. And I shared some videos of that. So what's up? That's a, I showed a picture of Lauren and Michaels Harris and then Dominique, I showed a picture of you as well. So that's crazy. You guys were all here and that uh, Chris was here. So thank you guys for being here. There's the people at the power. We, so we love you guys. What I heard you saying was talking about self-limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, you know, like you said, you know, we're never taught how to process our emotions. We go into school and we have a certain identity for ourselves based on the conditioning of our parents and our caretakers and everything. Then we go into school and then we have the conditioning process of, of all these different teachers, all these different inputs. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not paying attention. You're stupid. You're not smart enough. You're, you know, red lines and also. So we go from class to class to class, reinforcing the negative aspects of our beliefs. How do we, how do we, how did you, how did you change your belief system? You said you read a lot of books. How did you start shifting your beliefs about who you thought you were into who you are now? Oh, it's been a long journey for me personally, because when I started like looking into myself, I had no idea that there is this thing as coaching, that yeah. there are those things uh, as people who can help you heal you or even hold your hand. So I'm like, I'm alone in the world. It's like, let's try something. I basically had to break myself apart piece to piece by piece and just start putting back together that puzzle. Okay. Who the heck am I? Right. What do I like? Uh, do I have a voice? Because if someone asked me to speak, like just have a conversation like we having right now, 20 years ago, I'd say, heck no. I'm like, I, I don't care what you do to me. I'm not coming. <laughs> I'm serious. But you have to try things. I mean, I remember I tried meditation. I tried NLP. I tried tapping, psyche. I mean, you name it. I probably have tried it. Okay. Did you really try it or did you just try it? Did you? No, really I mean, try I tried, but what drove me crazy was mm -hmm. that it's taking so much time. It's so long, like mm -hmm. until you see like a fraction of a result. Right. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just toss everything away and I'm going to look, okay, what actually worked after what thing I felt a little bit better, or I started thinking clearly, more clearly at least. So I started realizing that there are, there is no good or bad technique or modality, whatever you want to call it, but it's like, you have to pull out piece by piece, like fraction of that whole technique that actually works. Yep. Because one thing may work on, okay, I'm really anxious right now. How can I drop that anxiety down, right? Another time is like trauma. And I work a lot with traumas, with subconscious work. So that would not work on that deep, deep, deep trauma thing. Another thing is like, okay, so I have different patterns, but I have no idea what's going on. So I had to stop myself and, okay, what am I thinking all the time? What are the most common patterns? What am I feeling? How am I feeling? What are the most common emotional patterns or what I do over and over again? So I had to look into, okay, so these are the patterns. This is what keeps continuing, keeps showing up. So, okay, let's start breaking it down. 
So look at the triggers. Okay, so what made me think that? What happened five minutes before? Like I go, like until I started feeling anxious or whatever else. And then start reframing, start using different techniques, start testing and trying those techniques that I knew that I was certified in and seeing what sticks. So I found a process and I actually created my own process plus using those fractional pieces of techniques that gives the result. And I don't need to wait for months. I don't need to wait for years to show for that to show up or that result to show up. It just happens automatically. And if someone tells you like, let's say you have a big trauma. Okay. Let's say you dealt with like, I don't want to even go there, but let's say there was rape, molestation, whatever, right? We're talking raw here, right? You don't need to relive that because some people teach you have to go back in time and relive all that in order to release. Please run away. You don't need to do that. You just like timeline timeline regression therapy. Are you? Is that what you're talking about? I've done that too. Yeah, I've done hypnosis too. Mm -hmm. But you don't need that. Okay. Me being intuitive, I can pinpoint to you like, okay, so you come to me with a problem, for example, something's not working, right? Relationships, money, health, whatever, right? And I can tell exactly when it was created. So then we go back into that memory and just neutralize it. It literally takes a couple of minutes. What may take longer is the healing process. That's what people misunderstand most of the time. The neutralization is fast. But your system has built up like so many layers over years. That's what takes longest to start removing those layers. Because let's say I I have those clearing meditations, what I call meditations. It's just like calming your mind down and going through the process, 10, 15 minutes, right? So that's fast. You may drop, uh, let's say, resistance or anxiety from 10 to 5, let's say. If you do one more round, you can drop to zero. So that memory is neutralized. That's how we test because we are t- like machines. We're electromagnetic field that we can test. Have you heard about muscle testing? Oh yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, if you know muscle testing, you can easily test it yourself. Am I really con- convincing myself of that I'm happy or I'm so- Can you give a demonstration for people who might not know it? I always, I always think that everybody knows that, but maybe mm-hmm. somebody doesn't know that. So, so explain muscle testing, maybe give an example. Okay, so we are our own lie detectors. Yeah. Okay, so our body shows us whether it's true or false. And this takes a little bit of practice. You can YouTube, uh, Google, there are tons of videos showing that, but it's basically you can use your body. It's gonna um, wiggle back or forth or sideways, depending on how your system is operating. You can use fingers to test this. So it's basically, you need, oh, one more thing you can do is you can teach your body what is a yes, what is a no, what is a true, what is not true for you. And it's yes, basically just closing no. your eyes. Yes, yeah, that no. could be it. I yes, I that could be it. Some people <laughs> and more visual ones, they will see colors for yes or no. Oh, wow. Other people may feel yes or no in separate different parts of the body. So it's just like the tool that you carry with you 
every single day, 24 seven. And I know some people are even testing foods. Like they go mm -hmm. to the grocery store and they're like, oh, is this good uh, food good for me? Is this like vegetable good for me? Or rather Captain crunch. It? I'm like, I'm not going to that extent, but people use that for multitude of reasons. So I'm not gonna go in the techniques itself, but yeah, we are the no. lie detectors. We can do that and yeah. Okay, so we're talking about we're in we're in the vein of talking about modalities. And thank you guys for joining us. We're here on the Ron and Scripted Show. We're talking with Renata Matsu and just having a deep conversation. We're talking about modalities for for curing some of that stuff. I'm curious, have you ever looked into plant-based medicines, plant-based therapies like ayahuasca and things of that nature? Yeah. Yeah. Have you done them? Just a little bit. Yeah. Tell me about <laughs> it because I've been I've been super curious. I did I did Cambo, the tree frog poison, the cleansing. I did that. That was crazy, but I've, I've been looking into ayahuasca and you know, like, like microdosing with mushrooms, microdosing with acid, you know, just looking for ways. Cause I've done a lot of inner child work. I've done a lot of that work and I think I'm good. I feel like I'm good, but I just, I'm curious to find out if there's something in there that I don't remember or anything like that. So I was looking at ayahuasca cause a few of my friends have gone down to Peru and done it and they came back just like mind blown. So I was like, okay, that scares the shit out of me. But at the same time, if it scares me that, I, that means I should do it. What are your thoughts on it? What have you tried? Look, I mean, I tried ayahuasca, but I it wasn't in Peru, it was here in the States, but uh, it was not enough of the experience for me to share and to give my opinion. I would need probably to go to Peru and just try, but uh, whenever my daughter graduates school, then probably will be a good time. Because <laughs> <laughs> Look, you're today's single parent, I'm full-time single parent, so it's a little bit hard with time, but... Um, Look from a different angle, if I may. When you have a drink, your mind kind of gets loosened up a little bit. Oh, yeah. So the true you comes out. Is You're, that true me? No, no, no. I'm just saying in general, I'm right? I'm a party animal, man. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was. if I'm a shy person, right, I'm probably going to be a little more outgoing when I have a drink. So because certain part of the brain is getting shut down and another part is getting like opened up. So anything that we put into our system, especially those medicinal plants and stuff, is going to make an impact in how we see things, in how we react. And then we go on a journey that we've never been before and we become more aware. So it's how the brain works. So... When you go and let me know, I may join. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. You know, I just, I look at it as this way. I think everything's a discovery and an opportunity. And for me, you know, having a five-year-old son, I see life through his eyes. And I remi I'm right, reminded of the fact that we lose our curiosity. We lose our sense of adventure. You know, we, 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 we developed a sense of fear somewhere. I remember, you know, before I didn't know what to be afraid of until it happened. And now there's always these precursors in our brains. We're afraid of this. We're afraid of that. What will that do? You know, is it getting me out of my comfort zone? Is it, you know, certainty versus uncertainty? The things I think about in life, you know, are, you know, for me, before were all about results, all about outcome. And now I've learned to be more in the moment. Talk to us about that journey for yourself. Are you still located in the results and the outcome or have you transferred into a place where you're in the moment and you're centered? Okay, so first of all, we'll never be at the end of the journey. Oh no. Years ago, I remember I thought, okay, so I'm gonna do this healing. I'm gonna get my stuff together and I'll be done. <laughs> I'll be done. 
it's like the end of the journey and I'll be clear and I'll be going out. And you were 27, right? Doing my stuff, right? First of all, the work never ends. Yeah. Okay. So the results oriented. So that tells me that those people are high achievers and high performers. And they are the hardest on themselves. And I was one of them. I'm, I still am performing at my highest and I have high expectations of me, but I don't beat myself up. That's the biggest difference. We all make mistakes. We all going to fail at something, but I don't see that as a failure. I'm like, okay, so this is a roadblock. How do I resolve it? How do I find a way? How do I find a solution? That's where I'm at right now. And I'm a human sometimes. Of course, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to feel bad sometimes. But you know what? I look at it. Oh, I need a break problem. That's why my arm started hurting. Or uh, I feel bad because I was running 200 miles an hour. So, okay, my body's telling me to stop. And I'm now I'm listening to it. As of like 20 years ago, I said, oh, no, no, no. We're just pushing harder and we're going further, faster, not stopping. Because that was not an option. Mm. It's the way it was, that's all. But what we do, at least what I did, and what I, what I noticed in others is when we are results-oriented, we oftentimes attach, uh, how do I say this clearly, the worthiness level to the performance level. Ooh, so that means that. like the, that. Uh -huh, the better we do, let's say at work or in business, the more worthy we are. Mm -hmm. The moment we have those two attached, what happens if you're not performing as well? That means in your head that you're not worthy as much. You're Ooh. not deserving. Therefore, you need to work harder at something so you become deserving, so you show up more, so people see you as a good person. That that I see all the time, even today in others. And Sometimes I catch myself, I'm like, no, 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 let's stop right there. Let's take it back and let's shift gears here. So mm -hmm. we have to be really be careful around that worthiness and performance level attachment. Yeah. Oh, you just, you just hit us. You just struck a chord with me, Renata, because over the last two years since COVID began, one of the things mm -hmm. I started doing, just my way of giving back to people who are struggling is I offered complimentary coaching sessions, just my way mm -hmm. of just, what can I do to help people during this time? Mm -hmm. And after about 85 of them, I did about 120 of them. I think I didn't keep track of all yeah. of them. Um, I started seeing a pattern. And so I was doing these on zoom and I started seeing a pattern. So I started asking people this question. I'm like, and I want you to answer the question as fast as you can and as honestly as possible. Do you love yourself? Yes or no? And people, and I thought, I, and when I said it the first time, honestly, I thought, what a stupid question, Chris. Of course people love themselves. Mm -mm. And then time after time, I saw people go, well, yeah, I do. Of course. I, well, for the most, I saw all sorts of different variations of the answer. And I realized I'm all about the root. You've heard me talk about in clubhouse. I don't care mm -hmm. about symptoms and all the other bullshit. Where is the root? Cause you deal with the root. You, 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 you get the root. You don't have to deal with the shit anymore. Everything else changes once you change the definition, the perception, the expectation of the root. Um, so talk to us about that from your perspective. You know, talk oh. to us about that self-love aspect because I found so many people that, you know, I, I was like, okay, okay, what's the next question? You know, then I would talk to them about how much they hydrate, how much they, what kind of food they eat, diet, exercise, and sleep. Like just the main, just the foundation. Yeah. We were talking about foundations earlier. And I found out that most people don't drink enough water. 
You know, I said, do you complain that you're tired? Yeah. Do you complain that you're kind of like foggy in the mind? Yeah. You know, da, 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 da. Does your skin feel like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you realize half your body weight in ounces of water is what you need to drink every single day. I'm not a doctor, but when you hydrate, your body's like 85% water. If you're dehydrated, of course, your systems aren't going to work as well. And your body's not going to feel as well. And of course, it's going to cause you to go down a rabbit hole and spiral and think negative thoughts and the worthiness, things of that nature. So I started seeing that and I started recommending people just at the very least, I'm like, hydrate eat some better food at least five days a week, five days a week, just eat better. And the other two days you can go batch it crazy. I don't care. But if I can get people eating five days a week, halfway decent, getting at least a half an hour walk every single day, everybody can go fucking walk for a half an hour and focusing on your sleep to make sure you get deep restorative sleep. You're not looking at your phone before you go to sleep. And I had so many people, I swear to God right now, that came back to me a couple of three weeks later, like, Oh my God, just drinking fucking water. Chris made me feel so much better. Because they were drinking coffee, they were drinking soda, they were drinking booze, they were all this other stuff. They started drinking more water. They found out they weren't as hungry, so they started losing weight. Their skin cleared up. They started feeling better. They started acting better. They started having more confidence. Talk yeah. to us about that self-love component. How can we get people to love themselves and to let go of all the failures and all the all the opinions that they've had all over their life that have made them the person they are today? Go. Well, let me ask you first. Has anyone asked you when you were growing up, do you love yourself or showed you how to love yourself. Fuck no, no. I was, I was beaten and abused by everybody in my life. So <laughs> if no one actually even talked about this, people have never asked themselves that question. 90% no. of the time, like 90 probably percent of people. Yeah. So they don't even know what that means. I didn't know what that meant. Is this like, oh, do I need to just uh, be like, fed myself or what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> or do I just need to, eat nice food or just dress nicely what does that mean and it it's like combination of all it's like what you said drinking water eating well but being kind to yourself is probably the most important one because we beat ourselves up so much and no one sees that yeah. but we know in our hands that oh you're i'm so stupid i should not have done this i should not have behaved like this so First of all, look at the conversation you're having with yourself. A lot of people have no idea what's in their head. And that's why the first thing people start working with me is like, okay, now we're going to take a week or two or however much time you want. And I want you to figure out what's in there. What are you thinking about yourself? How you're talking to yourself? And that love is starting there. Just to be gentle with yourself and kind. And that self-love may be over-exaggerated a little bit. But it's so important. It may be cliche, but if we don't have that, and I remember like today, my daughter probably was around seven-ish. And I was driving her to her class, to dance class. And I was writing an article about happiness at that time. I'll never forget this. And suddenly I'll turn around and ask her like, what is happy for you? What does happiness mean to you? And she looks at me like with this smart face. She's like, mommy, how can you love anyone else? How can you be happy if you're not loving yourself? How can you know? <laughs> From the mouths of babes. And I'm like, I shut up like that. Like, okay. You, you're like, life. <laughs> yeah, you know, like we have those moments. So it starts there. It starts with us. And if we don't love ourselves, if we don't pay attention to us, we're going to be forcing ourselves to do something different or are we going to um, compensate in a way that love for ourselves into others? So it's like, okay, so I don't love me. 
I don't care of me, but I'll care of others. So other people see me as loving. Therefore, I'm going to have this approval from them in a way. It's like entanglement. Yep. <clears throat> so, I mean, there is no one way. There's no one pill. It's just you need to find what's working for you and find a person who's going to hold your hand. Even me, I have a group of people who I pick up the phone and, okay, I know what's going on, but I'm in a blind spot. Everyone yeah. has blind spots. Yep. I just did that last so, week. I yeah. just did that last week. And when you say symptom and root cause, we cannot do well with either because symptom shows us what's happening around us. This is the outcome. And if we look at the behaviors, I see a lot of people start changing like how they do things. I say, okay, you can try that. But it may work for a little bit. You may be forcing yourself. You may be pushing yourself over the edge. You may see some results. You may see some results for a little bit. However, time will pass. You're going to end up in the exact same spot, if not worse, than you started. Because if the system is not connecting with this, if it's not aligned, it's going to take over sooner or later. And you will need to clean that closet sooner or later. And it's just so happens that every single time we try to overlook things. Oh, I'm going to do that tomorrow. I'm going to do that in a week. I'm going to go to a chiropractor or whatever. And then the body starts breaking down because it cannot hold anymore. Right. It's like the emotion. Someone doesn't know emotions are stored in the body. And oh, oh. Um, keep talking keep talking uh, and there was a there was a time in my life when um i couldn't sit for more than 10 15 minutes at a time yeah. because that was excruciating pain and at first i thought okay i injured something okay so i went to kairos for the first time in my life and they put me back on feet a little bit but i had this recurring pain and i was all like all oh, cricket were walking you'd be laughing and it was the time when I was trying to get my stuff together, right? And I found that emotions got stored in a couple parts of my body, the weakest or more in, or injured. That's where they tend to gather. And not until I cleaned that closet, until I cleaned all the root causes. Yeah. I couldn't walk and couldn't sit. And now I'm like, I'm wearing heels, I'm dancing, and I'm doing whatever I want. Yes, of course, I mean, you need to have this checkup and kind of damage control, like, or prevention. But it's more like going back to the self-love. It's like, okay, so I'm taking care of my body. This is the expression of self-love. So I went into tangents, but um, yeah. <laughs> I love it. So what you're so what you're saying is the body the body keeps score. Does the body keep score? Uh, of course. Does the body keeps? Have you read this Absolutely. book? And by the way, if you guys have, if anyone has chronic pain, and you went to tons of doctors and they keep telling you that it's this and that and that. If you don't have a broken leg, that physical injury per se, that ob that would be obvious reason why you have pain. Or some people miss organ or something that's not functioning well most likely you'll have some stuck emotions there yeah i've read about that as well for my back pain i've read it the exact same thing but have you read this book 
I've, I think I've read it. Oh, I've dude, actually, I've, I've got a book. don't remember what I read. <laughs> I've got a book club on this because I listened to it on audible and I got about two chapters in. I was like, Holy shit, I got to study this, you know, from being a coach and everything. And like working uh -huh. with people who have been through trauma, uh -huh. the stuff in this book at the cellular level of what it does and how it stores the information, what you're talking about is massive. So if you guys, uh, Megan says, uh, Megan says right here, she goes, that's a great book. It is actually, I'm studying it with uh, a couple of friends of mine and we're making sure that we, uh, we really dive into it and we're, we're talking about the different things we're learning, but I want to shift gears here for a second. I'm the, what the no excuses coach. So I want to ask you, what is your biggest excuse that you have with yourself and how do you overcome it? Or how did you overcome it? So I was, what was your biggest excuse and how did you overcome it? That I'm not good enough. Yeah. That I'm not good enough to approach people, that people work with me, that I create the results. Though they obviously come and tell me, I mean, they used to come and tell me like, okay, Renata, I, like you said, I feel so much better. I made 20,000. I made 200,000. It took me a little, a little minute, like to, to catch, um, that train and I need to, to look deep and see, okay, where is that coming from? Cause right. we may, we may say, oh, there is nothing wrong. I mean, I don't remember my mom wasn't beating me or is that some crap that didn't happen, but sometimes a word can be traumatic. Oh yeah. One word can be traumatic. I remember I had a client and I know I'm drifting a little bit. I had a client who was in her fifties. She had a little bit of issue of, with confidence. She could not approach people. That was her biggest block. And we drove down like the memory lane and I connected to around age five and it appeared that her father at the time put her on a scale to weigh her in front of her friend. Oh my God. That was the biggest trauma at that age. And she carried that for like 50 years until we neutralized it. Wow. So the same was with me. I mean, I had to pinpoint what exactly happened and why I didn't feel good enough to serve those people because I always, it wasn't told to me like straightforwardly, you're not going to be good enough. But I remember like today, like I was going to college to a different city and my mom was like, you shouldn't be going there because you're going to be like failing. And it's like, you're going to be potting or whatever. Like it's going to be like disaster. And I don't know why, but it just stuck with me. So I had to go back and just unplug and start replacing all the crap with good stuff and started taking different actions from this from the space of desire rather than what where my beliefs were i hope that makes sense oh yeah yeah no that's that's spot on that's spot on um what you said right there is is, is really impactful because the fact that when you think about the journey that we go through and we grow through and the fact that we're when we become aware that something is rooted back in the past and we make that awareness to go back there and and, and give that thing a different perspective it immediately shifts everything for me i know when i realized and i asked myself the question thinking about my mom and my mom was always, she always said, I'm four years old. I'm like, mom, you're a fucking grown ass adult. Start acting like it. You know? And she said, I'm four years old. I'm four years old. And I was trying to process. I was trying to get out of my own way with my animosity and my anger mm -hmm. and my frustration with her. And I was like, fuck mom, da, 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 and all these different things, us being homeless and the thing, you know, calling me stupid. I, when you said the one word, like that was my trigger word. It's still my trigger yeah. word. If somebody says, don't be stupid. For some reason, my, my, my electricity, my body just goes stupid. What? I'm not stupid. 
You know, I got a master's degree, motherfucker. And so when I asked myself this question, Renata, I said, if I was like my mom, if I went through all the different experiences that she went through with her mom and her dad splitting up, oh, wait, her mom and her dad split up when she was how old? Oh, four. I started putting shit together. I was like, yeah. da, 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 uh, promiscuous men, da, 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 you know, defensive and controlled, da, da, da. I'm like, might I be like her? If I went through all the experiences that she went through, might I be like her? And I immediately went, yes. So all the, all the shit that happened in my life, I'm like, when she said she did the best she could, I still argue with it to a certain extent. I don't argue with it as much as I, I did. I mean, she's passed away now, but you know, when she said she did the best she could, she really did. She did not really have the capacity. She said she should not have been a parent. So immediately that washed all that anger away. And then I started having sympathy and empathy for her to say, wow, you know, and she told me stories about her, how her mother treated her. I started considering myself lucky that I was treated as good badly as I was. And then I started reflecting upon it that I would not be the man I am today had I not gone through all that stuff with her. Right. So how can we share with the people at home to shift that perspective about their past and kind of just reacclimate their, their, their perspective that life happened for them and not to them? First of all, just have an open freaking mind and consider a possibility, just a tiny, tiny possibility that it might, things might be different than we imagine that we kind of convinced ourselves. Oh yeah. Cause a lot of times we're like, I'm happy. There's nothing wrong with me or we're like, just like so narrow minded. It's like, we're so convinced of one perspective. If you just enter that pos like room of like just a tiny possibility, that's going to shift your whole perspective. Because if you start listening to other people, okay, what if I don't know everything? What if there's another way? What if, if you just start using what if in all the situations, what if I'm wrong? What if I am making a mistake? What if I'm okay with that? What if another person is right and I, it's okay that I like don't look good uh, and because I did something bad or made a mistake, right? But what if something good turns out of it? So, I mean, seriously, we just yeah. need to just be open-minded. I remember I did an interview like a few years ago with a radio station and the host was asking, Renata, how can we help people to change themselves? We can't. And she was shocked that I said that. I'm like, I repeated, I'm like, there's, there must be a way. I'm like, we can't unless they want the change. Yeah. Trust so me, true. I, I, I probably you have that too, but I have people coming to me like, Renata, just do your thing. Just do your magic. And I'm just going to sit and relax and just, you just do the thing. <laughs> My magic, huh? It, it, it doesn't work like that. I mean, which? we got to move our own butts and just do our work but openness and just that willingness to change the willingness actually is the key here and even it's like tiny bit step people think oh i need to make huge leaps first of all if you're going to make a huge leap it's probably just 0.51 percent whatever of the world can do that but because your system is going to be so resistant for that leap that you're going to crash right after because you need to build the foundation for that leap in the first place. But if you're not open 
you're going to go back again to the same old place, all the same old crap. Just open, aware. What else? Ready? Eager to learn. I even today, I mean, not today, just every day. I learn every single day. Yeah. So I pick up a book, read a chapter or a couple of pages, or I'm actually more like audiobook uh, reader. Right. But I'm doing some chores or whatever. I put the I earplugs in and just like not earplugs. What is it? Earbuds. Earbuds. <laughs> but um, and I'm just listening to something, even like for 10 minutes. You need to raise the vibe because the higher the energy, the better you feel. And yeah. you can literally do that with your body if you just stand like in Superman's or woman's position for like literally a minute. Mm -hmm. It's gonna shift your whole system. You feel differently. I even teach that in my class. People kind of, they don't appreciate the body they have and how much power it has. I just wish we use more of that. That's all. Mm -hmm. You literally can go to the bathroom before an interview or before something, the conversation happening and just stand there like, okay, so shut the door and so no one sees and just stand like this for like a minute or two. You're going to see automatically how the, your energy shifts. It's simple things that work best. That's what I noticed. I love that. I love that. So my wife asked me why I'm standing in the kitchen like this before I'm going to go have a tough call. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm channeling my inner Superman. God damn it. Um, listen, that's, this is, this I mean, is this, that's serious. This is such, this is such a um, awesome conversation. Uh, Megan says, I want to read it with you all. That's amazing. She was talking about the book, my dear, sweet mentor and brilliant friend, Patricia Geigich Geigich is in the house. I was like, uh, blah, blah, blah. Thank you, uh, Christopher, you're brilliant. Renata, you are amazing. And uh, Megan says here, when we remove the perspective from expectations to empathy, our whole outlook changes. That's grace. Love is the antidote. Absolutely. Yeah. She says, you're powerful, Christopher. She's asking, what if you're more capable, empowered than you ever thought possible? Yeah, that, that, I mean, that's what she was. That's what you were just saying. Well, and but do we really know what we're capable of? Well, that was my, that's going to be my last and final question for you because we're actually getting close on time. Uh, but she's like, what if is absolute fire? So when I hear what we're talking about tonight, I can hear people sitting there saying, I'm doing the best I can. I've heard that excuse quite a bit. I'm doing the best I can. And for me personally, it was probably about five or six years ago. This is the true story. I came home from work and I was sitting there thinking about something. I was putting my stuff up on my dresser and I said something I was thinking about the day and I went, well, I did the best I could. And for the first time in my life, I went, Chris, was that your best? Was that your best? And I, cause I'm always my own best coaching client. I will always figure out things on myself. And then I'm like, Oh, I got to start talking about this. So I realized I'm like, Chris, that was bullshit. So then I dug deeper. I'm like, where did I learn about my best? And how did I learn that that was kind of a get out clause? And I started thinking about school you know, think about my mom, like, mm -hmm. you know, clean out the litter box. Did you do the best you could? Yeah. Okay. We'll try to do better next time. But nobody ever sits with us and says, what's better, what's best. We never quantify that, but we go through life thinking, oh, I did the best I could. Now I'm going to move on to the next thing. Talk to us about how we can find out what our best is, because I know for me, I found through doing like, you know, um, a workout program called 75 hard. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, mm -hmm. doing stuff like that. I find out what my best really is when I push myself way out of my comfort zone. But what is, what is our best? How can we get people to be inspired to have a, have a better best in their discipline and their structure? Well, it's kind of two folded here. Uh, that, uh, yeah. Okay. So when you say about discipline, it's more like we're introducing the will here and okay. So 
we are aware of what we need to do. So set the calendar, put reminders in, put the sticky notes in, put whatever, like have people call you and make you accountable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's all the accountability it matters. I mean, you can do that. But here's the thing. I mean, do we really know what we what is that best? And I don't think we do. I do. Well, uh, yeah, maybe, but I, I don't think so. Because, okay, so the best at this moment, yes, we can tell this. But if we're constantly evolving, if we're constantly growing, that best is actually moving along yeah. in the up trajectory, right? So if this moment, based on our filters, based how we see things, based on our perspectives, this can be best. What is the next best like tomorrow? It's supposed to be that uh, limit, supposed to be higher and higher and higher. So we should be jumping higher and higher. Is there a limit? Is that best exist? I don't think so, because tomorrow we're going to be better than yesterday. So I don't know how to answer that question, because we, it, we have to grow. We have to evolve. And then tomorrow, expect a little bit better. Maybe do an extra five minutes on the workout. Maybe do one minute. Maybe walk one minute longer. Mm -hmm. Or maybe walk around the corner more. But that best is a little bit conditional based on what we see in front of us and wh what's there telling us to do and how we feel about it. Because I would say also we need to be careful with resistance internally. Yeah. and forcing ourselves to do much i see a difference between like forcing and disciplining uh for achieving our goals the moment we're forcing and pushing through like with big 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 force that resistance is going to hold us back more than anything so i know like there's no one answer for me at least you tell me um, I've, I've, I've seen it a couple of different ways, but for me, I have to go into a dark place. So what I started doing with people is a lot of people were coming to me for coaching for about money for a long time. Like, Chris, I need more money. I need more money. I want to work with you, but I can't afford to work with you. And I'm like, okay, so what are you doing to, to raise that capital? What do you, what are you doing outside of your comfort zone to go out there and increase more money? What are you selling? And I found out that people didn't want it bad enough, but what I sat there and I said, I said, okay, if I asked you to raise $10,000 in seven days and it couldn't be illegal, immoral, or unethical, could you do it? Like, Chris, if I could do that, man, I'd be doing that every fucking week. And I'm like, okay, well, bear with me while I go dark. Do you have kids? Yes, absolutely. I do tell me their ages and their names, blah, blah, blah. And so I thought, cause I thought about this in my own way against, again, my life, you know, putting myself as my own coaching client, I started realizing, I said, okay, if I, and I said, this is, this is a totally fake scenario. I said, if somebody put a gun to your daughter, Tara's head and said, you have 10, you have seven days to raise $10,000 and it can't be illegal immoral, or unethical, or I'm gonna blow her brains out. Will you find $10,000? Yes or no? Yes. It's about add. leverage. It's about leverage because people don't have a big enough why. That's one of the things I do as a no excuses coach is I realize what's your why. And then that's how you're, that's what's your how. And so when you dig deeper, like people come to me, like, I want to lose weight. I want to do this. I'm like digging deeper. What is it? What is it? I don't want to die alone. Okay. So now you have leverage. You don't want to die alone. So what is it that you need to do for your own personality to shift that so you can attract somebody and not die alone? So I, I, I cut to the chase yeah. on those things and everybody who has ever had that question asked to them and my coaching clients or whatever, they're like, holy shit. And I have to go to the dark place, but then they start realizing, yeah, there's so much more I'm capable of. I'm people would sit there and tell me I would go out and wash cars. I would go sell my, I would go do yeah. that. I would, I would, I would, I would, I would, but before they were like, oh, Chris, if I could do that. And I immediately go boom, 
So for me, it's about that discipline. It's about having that big enough why and having that that best. But we definitely have to have you back on the show because we're running out of time. I always keep it to an hour at the very least. Yeah. Um, final comments from you on this overall conversation, what you really want the listener and the viewer to get from this conversation from your perspective. What do you want them to walk away with? And then also let us know where they can get a hold of you to continue the conversation with you. Okay, first of all, get your shit together. <laughs> There's no swearing on the show, by the way. If that's the first time in the last minute. I'm kidding. Um, it's but, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, most of us don't like something in our lives, whether it's oh. relationships, work, money, whatever, something is not coming to us. Figure out what's going on and just go do this stuff. If you cannot do it alone, and most of the time we can't, we need help. Every single person, we need someone to hold our hand or show direction or how to do that. And dive deep. Don't be afraid of the darker places because the contrast exists for a reason. Yes. Without that dark place, we would not be appreciative of how good we feel. We would not know what that good feeling means in general. So get that stuff together and then know what you want, know what you want to create. These are two things people are not willing to do. They say, I want a million dollars. Really? What does it look like? What, you, what does it mean? Why you need it? What are you going to do with this? Where are you going to go? Where are you going to buy? What? Right. They, uh, I have no idea. I didn't think of that. <laughs> so going to solve everything and get your stuff together. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So where can people get a hold of you to continue the conversation? I've got a few things up here, but I want to make sure we capture them all. I know we got this. Yes, that's a, a free ebook where actually I talk about seven most common blocks and they, how they show up in the life in a regular person's life. So it's free. Okay. So grab that, but Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, I just recently started going on TikTok. Me too. Um, January. I mean, anywhere you type in my name, I'm the older anonymous. So uh, you're going to find me and actually just send me a message. If you want more information, uh, we're launching uh, Miracle Activator next month, at no, end of next month. So join us. Join us. Yes. And get you, uh, just for everybody at home, uh, Facebook and IG, they get you at Edge Savvy. So yes, for you guys listening, E-D-G-E-S-A-V-V-Y. You can connect with her on Edge Savvy, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all those different places. And of course, like she said, you know, uh, type in her name, Renata Matsu. Renata, thank you so much for being here on the Ron and Scripted Show. You're a beautiful soul. I love having conversations with you. I could easily talk to you for another seven hours. So I'll definitely have you back on the show or have you on the Unfiltered Experience where Scott can enjoy you as well and uh, just dive deeper into the conversation about what we can do to get people out of their own way. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. I'm going to set you backstage for just a second. Don't go anywhere so I can talk to you afterwards, but I'm just going to close out the show here for a second, but I think you're awesome. So thank you. Thanks, Chris. You're welcome. Hang on. Don't go anywhere. And that is it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the Ron and Scripted Show with Christopher Roush. What's up? What's up? Let's capture a couple of more of these comments. Megan says, so good. Um, I want to make sure I, I haven't read this one. So good. So true. Our pursuits pause at the limits of our internal growth. We may think we can, but then when the heart and mind connection is disconnected, we retreat. Absolutely, Megan. Thank you so much for being here. Jacqueline in the house, kick-ass Jacqueline. She says, we need to keep it uh, raw and real every day of our life. Go for a big time. No apologies. Yes, because at the end of the day, guys, the thing that's that's the leverage for me, the leverage for me is no regrets. You guys see all my social media posts, no regrets. It's I do it every single time because for me, that's the biggest leverage. My big why is when I wrote my eulogy and I said, Christopher Roush will have fought for what was right and what was fair. 
He will have risked for which that mattered. And he will have left the earth a better place for who he was and what he did. That and my five-year-old son, that keeps me going every single day to make sure I don't have any regrets, to make sure that at the end of my journey, when I meet God, source, universe, whatever it might be, if there's a soul contract there that said Christopher Roush could have been this person, but I showed up here, I don't want to know what that incongruency looks like. I want to make sure that I show up and they sit there and say, man, you checked off every fucking box. You came here to crush it and you did. I don't want to get there and go, man, I could have been so much more. I could have done so much more. I should have watched more TV, right? You know, I should have watched more news and more politics. Don't get me started on that crap. Um, so what you guys could do out there today is really just take a look inside your life and ask yourself, are you truly happy? Are you truly happy? And if you're not happy, if you're not happy in the moment of what you're doing, ask yourself, why am I doing this? Oh, because I have to, because nobody else will do it, because I've always done it. Ask yourself why. Because when you look at the things that you're tolerating in your life, you make a list. This is something I do with my coaching clients. Write out what you're tolerating, what you're tolerating from yourself, what you're tolerating from others, and what you're tolerating from inanimate objects. The washing machine doesn't work all the time. The, the car door sticks. All these different things. Think about all the shit that you're tolerating and ask yourself, what would you feel like? How would you feel if well, a third of those were gone? Because you can eliminate a third of those tolerations. I do it every single day with my coaching clients. You remove a third of the tolerations and you have so much more space and opportunity to grow and expand and get yourself around the right people. We didn't even talk about relationships tonight. You got to make sure you have a team, somebody you trust, somebody who empowers you, somebody who holds you accountable and somebody who's your mentor. Patricia's on here. She's one of my mentors. I have Jock, who's my mentor. Uh, Lee's my mentor. I got Scott, who's my mentor. I got so many people in my life that any moment in time, like we were talking about before, we reach out to somebody and say, hey, man, I'm having a moment. And I get people all the time sitting there thinking, oh, Chris, come on, you know, you're, you've got so much energy and you've got so much passion and all this, and you're, you've got, you're so positive and all this other shit. I have my down moments too, ladies and gentlemen, I'm human. Like exactly three weeks ago, I quit taking Percocet. So I've gone through a lot of different mindset fucks over the last couple of weeks. Unfortunately, I've had friends to talk to, to get me through those opportunities. We need a team. We need a team. So you need to look at the five people you're hanging around the most and check those people. If they're not inspiring you to become better and, and grow, and if they're trying to hold you back, you need to wish them well. And you need to get five new people in your spot, because I could tell you this, I would not be sitting in front of you today. Had I not invested in myself in masterminds and coaches and, and programs and everything else, I if I had not done that, I would not be sitting in front of you today. So make sure you're in a room where other people are brighter and smarter and that you're learning and listening from them and allowing them to pour into you. Invest in coaching, invest in those programs because guess what? When you think about it, you could do it on your own for four years or you can get a coach for six months to a year and you can shift it all overnight. So if I can be helpful to that, let me know. I've got a couple of uh, coaching uh, opportunities opening up here, I think in a couple of weeks. Um, so anyways, I love you guys. I appreciate you. Share the show out and share it out with a couple of words. Say, hey man, I just listened to this conversation and here's what I got out of it. Appreciate you. And again, up at the top of the screen, uh, at the very beginning of the show, if you guys didn't catch the first part of the show, uh, please go back and listen to it because I was talking about the power we, but up at the top, there's a link. Please, 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 if you love the show, go subscribe to the podcast and share that podcast because that's something I haven't done a great job in promoting the podcast, but there is a podcast where in many countries, uh, but I want to grow this more. I want the word to get out to people, to let them know, to fly their freak flag, to be kick-ass unstoppable and to change the world because people right now are suffering. So do your part, go out in the world and make the world a better place for who you are and what you do every single day of your fucking life. I don't care if you're in a bad mood. I don't care if it's a shitty day. Go out and do something to make somebody else feel better and the world will get better and you will get stronger. I promise it. I love you guys. We'll see you here next week on the Ron and Scripted Show. I'm Christopher Roush. Stay kick-ass, unstoppable, and Ron and